Thank you for checking out our sermon here at Hope Church. We're excited that you came across this message and are tuning in. We just wanna make you aware of a couple things before we get to the sermon. First, we'd love to connect with you. You can follow us on our social networks by searching at Hope Church LV. Also, be sure to check out our website, hopechurchonline.com. There, you can find out more information about who we are and where we are headed as a church. Once again, thank you for checking out our sermon here at Hope Church. Please let us know if there's any questions you have or any way we can come alongside you and your family. Enjoy the message. I want to show you a picture of someone that more than likely you are not going to recognize. Do you know who this person is? When I saw this picture a couple weeks ago, I immediately thought to myself, well, that's William Shakespeare, but that is not William Shakespeare. This is a man by the name of William Harvey. And William Harvey was a medical doctor who lived in the 1600s. And according to one Pulitzer Prize winning historian, Dr. William Harvey was one of the most influential people of the second millennium. You see, when Dr. Harvey was serving in the medical field, it was believed that food was converted into blood by the liver and then consumed as fuel by the body. But in 1628, Dr. William Harvey made an amazing discovery. He is credited with being the first person to correctly discover that properties of blood are pumped around the body, not by the liver, but by the heart. He discovered that the entire circulatory system begins and ends with the heart could say it this way. Dr. Harvey helped us understand just how significant the heart really is. And what Dr. William Harvey clarified for the world about the heart physically, the word of God clarifies for us about the heart spiritually. We are in a series right now as a church called Awaken, preparing our hearts for the year ahead. And over the past few weeks, we've been looking at several biblical principles about the heart. We've talked about the purity of the heart from the gospel of Matthew. We've talked about the meditation of the heart from the book of Psalms. And today, from the book of Proverbs, we're going to look at another biblical principle about the heart. And as we begin, I want to remind you that as we use the word heart in this series, and as we look at the word heart in the scripture, we are not referring to the blood pumping organ in the human body. When we refer to the heart, we're addressing who you and I really are on the inside. And we're going to discover something today that helps us understand even more just how significant the heart really is. So if you have a copy of the Bible, would you look with me in Proverbs chapter 4? 
And in just a moment, I'm going to begin reading in verse 23. If you're not familiar with the book of Proverbs, this book is written and arranged as words of wisdom from a loving father to a son. So even as we read our passage for today, we have to see it with that perspective. You and I are to hear these words as a love letter, a letter of wisdom from our heavenly father to us as his children. So Proverbs chapter 4, starting in verse 23. Watch over your heart with all diligence. For from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put devious speech far from you. Verse 25. Let your eyes look directly ahead and let your gaze be fixed straight in front of you. Watch the path of your feet and all your ways will be established. Do not turn to the right nor to the left. Turn your foot from evil. From this passage, we're going to look at several principles that help us understand how to guard our hearts. This passage in verse 23 begins with a phrase that should get our attention. It begins by this father writing to his son and more importantly, our heavenly father saying to us, listen, I want to share something with you that you need to be very, very careful. The phrase that begins here is a phrase that says, with all diligence, watch over your heart. I want to read verse 23 for you from another translation of the Bible. The New International Version translates verse 23 this way. Above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. When you hear a phrase like above all else, or you hear a phrase like with all diligence, I believe that should cause us to lean in because there's an intensity, there's a priority around those phrases. And what it's telling us to do is above all else, watch over or guard our hearts. It's a command to protect something from danger. And in this context, it is referring to our heart. This verse is calling us to protect our heart. Now, I want to remind you that when God gives us a command like this, he is not giving us this command to rob us of something. He is giving us this command to protect us and allow us to live life as he has designed it to be lived. So as we see the opening phrase in this verse of above all else or with all diligence, here's what I believe the heart of God is communicating to us. Be very careful what you allow to influence your life. With an intensity, with an intentionality, he's saying, my children, be very, very careful what you allow to influence your life. So here's the big question that we're going to talk about for a few moments today. Why is the guarding of my heart so important? Why is this a big deal? 
Why should this be a priority for you and for me on a moment-by-moment basis? Well, I believe out of these verses, there are two reasons that the guarding of our heart should be a big deal, that it should be a priority. And here's the first one. My heart affects everything I do. My heart affects everything that I do. Verse 23 goes on to say this. Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. It's important for us to guard our heart because everything else in our lives is affected by what we allow to enter into our heart. The end of verse 23 is giving us a visual that is found in nature that gives us a lot of clarity around why guarding our heart is so significant. The scripture here is comparing the natural flow of a spring of water to what flows out of our lives. I want to show you a picture. This is Fifth Water Springs in Springville, Utah. This is a natural spring of water that is found in the mountains of Utah. Well, how did this come about? Well, there is water that is underneath the ground, and as it rises to the surface, it enters onto the surface of the earth through this spring. But as it flows out of the spring into this pool, it doesn't just stay there. I want to show you another picture to give you some perspective. This spring of water that is flowing out of the surface of the earth goes into the pool, and then it flows down into this stream or this creek and continues to affect other things that are around it. Now, let's imagine for a moment that someone were to go to this water source under the earth and pour something toxic into it. Well, what would happen? Well, that water source would become toxic And that would spill into the spring, which would then spill into the pools of water, which would ultimately end up spilling into the creeks and streams that it flows into. You could summarize it this way. If the source becomes toxic, then everything downstream is threatened because the springs of water are only as healthy as their source. It's an incredible visual from nature to help us understand the significance of our heart and how our heart as our source impacts everything that we do. Pastor Vance made a statement last Sunday that I thought was incredibly clarifying. He said this, what fills my heart fuels my life. That which fills my source fuels my life life. You see, verse 23 is telling us that in the same way, the health of a natural water source impacts everything downstream. If your heart is unhealthy, it has an impact on everything in your life. It impacts your walk with God, your family, your friends, your ministry, your career, everything. Warren Wiersbe said this in one of his commentaries. He said, the heart is the master control of the life. A wrong heart always produces a wrong life. To allow sin into the heart is to pollute the entire life. 
Guarding our heart should be very important to us because our heart affects everything that we do. For you and I, what is on the inside ultimately determines what takes place on the outside. So this means that the influences I allow in my heart affect everything about the way that I live my life. That's the first reason tonight. That's challenging for me to think about. But it causes me to prioritize the guarding of my heart Because based off this visual in verse 23, I understand that the heart is my source. And if I allow toxic or unhealthy things in the source of my life, that will flow out to impact everything on the outside. So the first reason we should guard our heart is because our heart affects everything that we do. Here's the second reason. My heart is constantly under attack. We should prioritize the guarding of our heart because our heart is constantly under attack. If it's true, which I believe that it is, that the condition of my heart has an impact on everything else in my life, we can understand why the writer of Proverbs, a man named Solomon, said, above all else or with all diligence, guard your heart. Once again, this this is a command that instructs us to keep a lookout to keep our eyes open because there is a threat, there is an enemy, there are dangerous things that desire to impact us in a negative way, and they will take us if we do not guard our heart. Now, this has massive application for us. You see, there is an enemy to God's kingdom. He hates God, he hates the mission of God, and he hates the people of God. And in the New Testament book of 1 Peter, Peter's writing about this enemy. And I want you to see what he said in chapter 5. He said, be of sober spirit, speaking to Jesus' followers, be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion. Seeking someone to devour. One of the great strategies of the enemy is causing people to think that he does not exist. And in some ways, it's working. There was a survey done several years ago by the Barna Research Group, and here's what was reported nearly six out of ten Christians either strongly agreed or somewhat agreed with the statement that Satan is not a living being, but is only a symbol of evil. As you look at the brokenness and the evil in the world, the only explanation is that there is an enemy whose mission is to steal kill and destroy as much as he possibly can. We have an enemy. He is real. He is not as powerful as our God, and he is not equal with our God. But he is strategic. He is 100% evil, and he is 100% against us. And in this passage from 1 Peter, 
Peter writes a couple phrases that I think are really important for us to understand because it gives us a right perspective as we engage in this battle with the enemy every single day. The first phrase that he says in verse 8 of chapter 5 is this. He says, be of sober spirit. Be of sober spirit. This is the opposite of being drowsy. He's saying, listen, as you engage in this battle, because your heart is constantly under attack, you need to be awake. You need to be alert. The second phrase he says there is beyond the alert, which is the opposite of being distracted. Peter is challenging these believers as they engage in this battle with the enemy. Listen, be alert, be awake, and be watchful. Be aware of what is taking place. The best example of what he's communicating with them that I could think about in my life is when I take my three daughters to the beach. I have three daughters, Scarlett, Reagan, and Cadence. Here's a picture of my daughter Scarlett one day when we were at the beach. They love to go to the beach in Southern California. I like going to the beach, but my perspective is much different when we go to the beach. Because they love to run down and play in the water and play in the sand. And normally I'll kind of be sitting up, reading a book or doing whatever, just relaxing. But every single moment that we're on the beach, I have my eye on what they're doing. There's not much time at all that I'm not paying direct attention to what they're doing. Why? Because I know there are threats that are present. It could be people. It could be the water. It could be an animal. I know that there's a threat present, so I live on the alert. I live watchful, watching my children because I know a threat is present. That's what Peter's saying to us as we engage in this battle with the enemy. We are to live with an alertness, with a watchfulness that he is present, that he is evil, and that he hates us. Several years ago, or about 10 years ago, I read a book by Dr. Charles Stanley called When the Enemy Strikes. This is a book I want to recommend to you because it's a book that changed my perspective about this moment-by-moment battle. One of the things he teaches in here is there are certain moments for all of us when we are more likely to drop our guard. There are moments when we are likely to not be on the lookout and not be watchful. Moments that we could become drowsy or we could become distracted. And here's what he says those moments are. He says when we are hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. We are more likely to drop our guard and not live awake and watchful with the fact that we have an enemy. And as I think about my journey, specifically since I've learned those principles, for me, when I'm mad or when I'm tired, those are the moments for me. I know that in my flesh, those are the moments. I'm go- if I'm going to drop my guard and not be alert and not be watchful and not be awake, it's going to be when I'm frustrated or mad or when I'm tired. So if that applies to you at all, I would encourage you, pick up this book. It's a great resource for you in your journey of following Jesus and engaging in the battle. But because we are in a battle, we must guard our hearts. Charles Bridges said this, Assaulted as we are at every point, every 
inlet of sin must be strongly guarded. Every inlet of sin must be strongly guarded. And here's what we're going to find in this passage as we work through verses 24 to 27. The writer of Proverbs, Solomon, begins to mention some of those inlets of sin. Some of the things that we need to protect or guard if we're ultimately going to guard our hearts. There are three of them, and I want us to spend the rest of our time talking about those three. If ultimately we're going to guard our heart, first of all, I must guard what I listen to. I must guard what I listen to. Look at verse 24. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put devious speech far from you. If you're here tonight and you would say, okay, pastor, I understand I'm in a battle and I want to guard my heart. What do I do? First of all, guard what you listen to. There are things you can listen to that are harmful to your walk with the Lord. Did you know that? There are things that you can hear, that you can listen to, that are ultimately harmful for your walk, for your fellowship relationship with the Lord. And in verse 24, the writer of Proverbs mentions two. Here's the first phrase that he uses. He says, put away from you a deceitful mouth. Distance yourself from a deceitful mouth. This refers to voices that speak without integrity and do not align with the truth. If there are voices in your life that have no integrity and don't align with the truth, he's saying don't lean into those voices. Distance yourself from those voices. Here's the lesson. Do not allow the words of a deceitful person to be the words that shape your life. That's what he's telling us. Don't let the words of someone who does not have integrity and is not communicating truth, don't let those be the words that ultimately shape your life. But he goes on. The second phrase he uses is this. Put devious speech far from you. Now, this is different. Where he says first, deceitful mouth, which is someone that does not have integrity, he now mentions devious speech. This is speech that is just unpleasant. That could be foul language, gossip, crude humor, media, or destructive conversations. Here's the lesson. No message should hold the attention of your heart unless it is spoken by God or exalting to him. No message should hold the attention of your heart unless it is spoken by God or exalting to him. Now, we all know as we live in this day and age or any day and age, there are going to be commercials. There are going to be things that just come across the radio, things we hear in conversation that are not good. And we can't, we can't stop ourselves from hearing those things. But here's what we can stop. We can stop those things from taking the attention of our heart. My challenge to you as you think about what you listen to is to guard what you listen to in such a way that only those things that are spoken by God 
or that are exalting to him, only those things hold the attention of your heart. And here's the basis for that. Here's the standard for that. The book of Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Here's what this phrase means. Let these things hold the attention of your heart. And if it's not one of those things that is spoken by God or exalting to him, protect your ears and ultimately protect your heart from those things. So that only those things spoken by God or that are exalting to him, only those things hold the attention of our heart. But he goes on. The second inlet that he mentions that we must guard is this. I must guard what I look at. I must guard what I listen to, but I must also guard what I look at. Look at verse 25. Let your eyes look directly ahead and let your gaze be fixed straight in front of you. Now, here's here's what's happening in this verse. He's contrasting something. He's contrasting eyes that are fixed straight ahead as they should be with eyes that wander. Rather than looking at what you're supposed to be looking at, we all know our eyes can wander and begin to look at things that we should not be looking at. There is a lot that we could talk about in this idea of what we look at, but I want to take a few moments and I want to talk about one thing. We're living during a period of history when we have access to an incredible tool called the internet. But that tool can also be used as a dangerous weapon if it is not managed correctly with the right boundaries and the right guardrails. Let me, let me tell you what I mean. Today, in the blink of an eye, We have access to information, media, stories, and news. And we don't even have to go to a physical large computer anymore to access that. We have access to that in our pocket through our cell phone. An unbelievable tool that allows us to save more time and to be more efficient in what we do than any of us could have ever imagined. The internet is an incredible tool. However... It can also be used as a weapon to hurt us. And I want to give you an example. And this example is heavy. It's weighty. But I think the intensity of this example reflects the intensity of the warning we see here in Proverbs chapter 4. That above all else, we're to guard our heart because we are under attack. Here's my example. According to a survey commissioned by Josh McDowell Ministry in relationship partnership with the Barna Research Group, here was their report. One in three Americans seek out pornography at least once per month. One in three. Now, how is that possible? Here's how that's possible. Because this incredible tool called the internet is being used as a weapon to cause harm. I was overwhelmed by that this week. 
And maybe, maybe the thing you struggle with is not pornography. Maybe it's something else that you look at. But I was just overwhelmed by the reality of how many people in our country, including me at sometimes, just do not care about what we put inside of our hearts. It's just not a big deal. And it should be a big deal. And tonight, if you're here, and whether it's pornography or something else, if that's something you struggle with, I'm not sharing this with you to condemn you or to beat you up. But if we really believe that what fills our heart fuels our life, I hope we will be challenged tonight. Rather than settling for some cheap counterfeit to God's design, we would be passionate about guarding our hearts that we may walk in the purity and integrity that he desires for us. Now, what are a couple of steps, potentially, if you're here tonight and you just struggle with what you look at as it relates to the internet? What are a couple of steps that you could take tonight toward health or purity? Well, one would be this. Establish standards and live by them. And you have to determine based off your conviction what those are, but here are a few for me. I believe that every person should filter their content. There are tools out there that you can utilize to help filter what you can even access on the internet. That is wise to do. I believe if people struggle in this area, there should be accountability. There are people, there are Jesus followers around us who desire to walk with us, to help us if this specifically is an area of struggle. If you're someone who's already in trouble, I want to challenge you to take a step towards health or towards purity. There are ways to do that. There are opportunities for you to step away from what you're engaged in. And if you're a parent here tonight who has young kids like I do, here's, here's my conviction. Until my children are mature enough to make their own decisions, I am the guardian of their heart. So in my home, we've established some boundaries. I control when, how, and where my daughters access the internet. Because I believe until they're mature enough to make their own decision, I am the protector. I am the guardian of their heart. If we want to guard our hearts, we must guard what we listen to, we must guard what we look at. And then finally, we must guard where we go. I must guard where I go. Look at verse 26 and 27. Watch the path of your feet and all your ways will be established. Do not turn to the right nor to the left. Turn your foot from evil. There are places that are unwise for Jesus followers to go. Because it leaves your heart unguarded. Here's what happens. Sometimes we'll put ourselves in a situation that we know we shouldn't be in. And then for some reason we're shocked when we cannot avoid temptation in that moment. Sometimes the best way to guard your heart and avoid temptation is to avoid the situation altogether. Here's a verse of scripture that I think really speaks to that from Colossians chapter 1. Walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. We're to guard where we go. If we are going to obey this commandment from the Lord, 
to protect, to guard our heart. Here's one of the ways we do that. We guard what we listen to. We guard what we look at. And we guard where we go. I want to ask you a question tonight. And it's really just a question for you and the Lord. Is the guarding of your heart a priority? Is the protection of your heart a priority? I believe it should be. God tells us to do it. And I believe we will never experience his very best until we are intentional and passionate about guarding our hearts. Because our heart affects everything that we do and we live constantly under attack. And ultimately, the condition of our heart will determine the condition of our life. And that's the principle that the book of Proverbs chapter 4 teaches us about protecting or guarding our heart. Let's pray tonight. I want to give you just a few moments before we stand and sing a song of response. I want to just invite you to sit before the Lord and to think about how he is speaking to you. One of the things I love about the scripture is God can take one verse or one message or even one word and he can apply it into thousands of different situations. So as you sit here tonight, having heard the word of God, how is God speaking to you? I think there are really a couple of ways tonight, if you're a follower of Jesus, that this word can apply to you. For some people, this message is a challenge to refocus. Maybe there are some areas in your life and you know you've not been guarding your heart the way you should. And tonight is a clear reminder and a clear challenge to refocus, to understand the importance of guarding your heart because it affects everything you do and you are constantly under attack. So maybe that's your action tonight is to refocus. But for other people, maybe you need to refocus, but more than that, you may need to repent. There are some habits, there are some things you've began to engage in that you know are not honoring to Jesus and are putting unhealthy things, toxic things in your heart. And you realize tonight that that needs to change. In just a few moments when we stand and sing, we're going to have some pastors here at the front. If you'd like somebody to pray for you tonight, our pastors would be honored just to pray over you. Maybe you want to come up to these steps and just kneel down and be alone with the Lord. Uh, you feel free to do that. These are moments for us before we move into a new week. These are moments for us to steal our heart and to respond to God. Maybe you're here and you do not have a relationship with God. I want you to know this. God loves you. He passionately loves you. If you recognize tonight that you don't have a relationship with God, you've never repented of your sin and put your faith in the salvation that God offers, I want to invite you to come forward tonight and just say to one of our pastors, I need Jesus. And we would love to show you from God's word how you can begin a relationship with him. So I want to pray for us. And then we're going to stand together and we're going to sing this song of response to the Lord.
So Lord, even in this moment, would you heighten our sensitivity to your voice? Lord, I believe you're always speaking, but we're not always listening. So in this moment, God, may we press in. Would you expose your light to the dark parts of ours? God, show us how we need to take steps to be conformed more into your image. God, make us people who are passionate about guarding our hearts. We love you, and we respond to you now. In Jesus' name.